to just encourage you with those words, and then I want us to pray just briefly uh, as we begin. Now, Father, we thank you this morning in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the fact that we were born in this season, in this day and age, uh, where COVID-19 would arise uh, and, and, and be all over the world. It is in our era, it is in our generation that this happens. And Father, we thank you for that because we are one of the few generations we have had to live through an epidemic. And we thank you for the spirit of prophecy in us, the spirit of God that is upon us in the name of Jesus. For even in the midst of that which seems to come and bring death, the spirit of life arises and it pushes back against death, not only for ourselves, but for our nation, for our cities. We begin to speak a word that's contrary to that which the enemy wants to do. Because of that, the nation gets blessed, the cities get, get blessed, and families get blessed because in them there are people who are washed in the blood, who have a voice that is extracted from the presence of the Lord, and they speak as they hear from heaven, and it dismantles the agenda of the enemy. And for that, Father, we thank you. So we speak life even as we minister to your people this morning. We thank you for the anointing that, that, that imparts life, that imparts eternity, that imparts wisdom. Let there be life, let there be light, let there be wisdom as we share your word this morning in the name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. So I pray you are continuing strong, Bazalwani Ekamenlenko. So I want to share with you uh, a message this morning, which I believe it's, it is important. Uh, all the messages are important. Uh, maybe we say that uh, out of habit, but every message uh, is, is important. So uh, there is a scripture in Luke chapter 17, uh, verses number 26 uh, to 27. In the gospel of Luke, the physician, uh, it says the end, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. It says, Jungoguba kwenzeka emishlinika Noah kwea kubanjalo na semishlini yendota na yomuntu babeza bepuza bekanwa bendiswa Kwazi wafika usugu unawa ange na ngalo emkunjini. Kwafika uzamtolo wababupisa bonke. Amen. Says, so as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. Now, I want to make an announcement to you, family, this morning. The days of Noah are upon us. The days of Noah. Uh, upon us. Now, I want you to understand that before Noah and even after Noah, people have always eaten, people have always gotten drunk, people have always gotten married. Uh, in the days of Noah, the difference was there was an ark being built. There was an ark being built and uh, there was a, a looming judgment. There was a judgment that God was about to release upon the earth. As much as in every generation before Noah and after Noah, people 
continue to drink and, and do all the activities that we as the human race uh, get to be part of. Yet what distinguished that particular generation from every other generation is the fact that there was a, an, an ark being built and because God was about to release a judgment. Now in our day and age, for the scripture says, uh, so it will be as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the son of man. Now, in our day and age, there is Bazalwan, uh, a spiritual ark that's being built. There is a spiritual ark that's being built. And uh, because the, the, the time of the Lord's coming and him calling the church up is, is, is upon us. The, the, the time for the Lord to call the church up uh, is upon us. So when they were busy in the days of Noah, when they were busy um, uh, with their lives, doing all the things that are listed in the scripture, Noah was busy. Noah was also busy day in and day out, uh, day in and day out, day in and day out, 24 hours a day, smuggling wood and building. Uh, allow me to use the word to smuggle. Smuggle is used in two senses. One is it's an, uh, it's an illegal term. That's when you bring stuff through a border, uh, bypass customs so that you don't get to pay the tariffs. So you're smuggling things from one, another country to one country to another country. But the word smuggle also means to, to bring in uh, with stealth. In other words, secretly. But this morning, I wanted to allow me uh, a poetic license, if you will, just to use that word because it speaks to something that the Lord whispered to me uh, when I was uh, when he was kind of talking to me about this particular message. So when they were busy getting married, they were busy getting drunk and being involved in all the activities that you and I enjoy. And God does not forbid anything that is not sinful except getting drunk, but getting married and everything else. Uh, those things are within the, the, the perimeters of God's will. So the Lord allows human race to get involved in those uh, things. But what became uh, a problem in this particular instance is that they were preoccupied with themselves. Mm -hmm. When the Lord was building something, when God had asked a man to prepare an ark because there was a judgment coming, they were busy doing everything else. So whilst they were busy with their activities, as is the case today in 2020 and going beyond, now I was busy smuggling wood and build without fail. Without fail, on good days, he would do that. He would collect enough wood. Uh, on bad days, he would do it. In summer, he would do it. In winter, Noah would do it. When he was happy, he had to do it because he, the mandate God had given him would have to supersede his emotions, which yeah. tend to uh, waver from time to time. Uh, mood swings, they, they would have to be bypassed because that which God had given him to do for, for the human race had to be an overarching thing in his life. So whether he, it was the days of, of happiness or the days of sorrow, uh, Noah had to be found to be smuggling wood in and building something. On sunny days, on rainy days, Noah would be seen being busy constructing that which God had told him to do because God was about to do something. So he had to accumulate family. Uh, enough load and weight of wood. Now, this is going to be important as we begin to explain 
what the Lord is saying to us today. So he had to accumulate enough wood. He had to accumulate, uh, there had to be enough load of it, not enough weight of it. Because that which was going to uh, save him uh, and his family and the animals, according to the instruction of God, had specific dimensions. So he had to ensure that he smuggles in enough wood, that he had enough to build that which God had commanded him to build in order to save the people that God wanted saved. So the ark that he eventually built had to have specific weight and mass. He had, it had to have specific weight and mass. So when eventually death descended upon that generation, uh, Noah had already smuggled in enough wood. He had already arranged the wood according to the divine order and protocol. So all the years that people were busy doing their own thing, he had been able to do everything so that when the time came, he had smuggled in enough wood and it had to be of the same mess. It had to match the, the, the weight of the people who were going to be boarding the ark. Mm -hmm. Now that's also going to be important uh, going forward. So there is a particular family. There is a particular weight of glory that is required of the church. Yeah. There is a particular weight of glory that is needed and required of the church because those that we are meant to serve, those that we are meant to rescue are many. See, we are not, we, we are not as far as I, 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 I am concerned and what the Lord has revealed to me, we are not smuggling, smuggling in enough wood on a daily basis. We are not smuggling in enough wood. We are not channeling in enough of heaven, the weight uh, to carry this generation. We are not smuggling in enough wood such that at the end of it all, we have enough to carry, not just ourselves, not just our families, but a generation that we have been called to rescue because we are living in the end times. We are living in the last days. Amen. Amen. Now, the next thing I must address with you, having introduced this uh, this way, we are. It seems as if Bazalwane. We are building a one-man boat. If you were to look at the at an average Christian, the way we are building, what we are smuggling in mm -hmm. on a daily basis, the weight of the anointing we are pulling each day is enough to build a one-man boat. Mm -hmm. The weight of, of, of the anointing that we are smuggling in, we are channeling into our lives, is, is, is enough just to build a one-man boat. Even that one-man boat in many people's lives doesn't even look complete itself. So we have been called, I want you to know, that you and I have been called to rescue a generation. Not just ourselves, not just uh, our family, uh, but we have been called to rescue many more, a generation. So we need much more than just a, a, a small boat made with reeds. Yeah. 
What we need is a Titanic. So we got to be able to smuggle in enough wood on a daily basis so that we don't just build a, 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 a this little small boat, a fishing boat we made with rafters, but we have been called to build a, a Titanic. Why? Because it's only a Titanic that can only be able to save a generation. Such is the glory, such is the weight of the anointing that must uh, be found in the church. So the, the, the amount of wood, so to speak, if I can use uh, Noah's analogy, the amount of wood that we smuggle in we will determine the capacity and the amount of people we are able to rescue. We have been called to rescue a generation. So when, when we smuggle in enough, that gives us capacity to rescue a generation. When we smuggle in enough of heaven in our lives on a daily basis, whether it's, 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 it's summer or winter, when, whether I'm going through a bad patch or a good patch, irrespective of the circumstances in our lives, the, the Lord God expects us on a daily basis to smuggle in, in enough wood, because there is something huge and big that you and I have been called to build. Amen. Now, I want you to listen to this statement about Zalwan. We will not rescue this generation. Listen carefully to what I'm, I'm saying to you this morning. We will not rescue this generation if they are still heavier than what we are building in the spirit. Let me repeat that statement. We will not be able to rescue this generation if they are still heavier than what we are building in the spirit. In other words, if their carnal weight, their carnality, their carnal weight is heavier than our spiritual weight, we cannot rescue them. Let me repeat that statement because as a, a ministry and as a church and you as God's people, I want you to understand these things because this, this is the heart of the Father and we need to look at uh, what we're doing on earth through the lens of heaven. If their carnal weight is heavier than our spiritual weight, then we cannot rescue them because they will capsize the ark. They, they, they are heavier than the anointing we are carrying. This is why we must be found to be smuggling in enough every single day, every single day. We have no ark because our word is not enough. Yeah. At this point, the church is not ready. This is why in a, in a country like South Africa, my wife shared something along these lines recently. We, our, in terms of statistics, South Africa is 70% Christian, if, if I recall. But the, the nature of our country does not speak to that fact. Why? Because the weight of carnality in the world is heavier than the spiritual weight of the church. When the spiritual weight of the church is heavier than the sin and then the wickedness in their nation, then the scales tend to tip in favor of God's agenda in that particular nation. 
That's what happens. So this is why, Pazona, it is important that we understand that as an individual Christian, we, um, we must be in the habit of digging our own wells wherever we are. Don't wait for church, some, for, 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 for a Sunday sermon anymore. We must be in the habit of digging our own wells wherever we are, pulling down heaven, channeling heaven into our private spaces, channeling heaven, smuggling the glory and the anointing of God wherever we are so that we are able to build enough capacity so that the weight in the spirit, the weight that I carry in the spirit is heavier than that which whoever is, is a man to minister to carries in Jesus' name. Now, this take, takes us to the next point, which is you must understand that the world system has been preparing for thousands of years for the end of the age. So they have been smuggling. See, the wickedness in the world, it is so heavy to the point where when, 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 when a few Christians even try to, to arise and they begin to build capacity, there is so much weight of wickedness in their nation that it takes sometimes a generation for them to sway the nation to face the will of God, to transform that nation from being a goat nation into being a sheep nation. But if every individual Christian would uh, be alert to this fact, that God wants all of us on a day-to-day basis to pull heaven, to smuggle in the glory of God, so that every single person who is born again is a threat in the kingdom of God. We must be found not to be smuggling in. There's enough world in most people in the world, including Christians. We, we, are, we have this concentration in our blood of carnality, which, which requires the blood of Jesus to wash it out. So there is enough of that. What is required now is, is the blood of Jesus to wash us clean and to drain out all forms of carnality in our system so the glory of God can begin to come and the anointing may rest. The weight, remember that, 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 that word, word glory means weight. The weight must be such that we are able to carry the generation to which uh, we have been called. Amen. So I want you to know that so the world system, they've always known uh, about the, the end of time and the end of the age. And as such, they've always prepared themselves for this particular time uh, in eternity. So in Revelation 12, 12, the Bible says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. It says he knows that he has a short time. So he understands times and seasons. And uh, him not being a fool, he always prepares for such. So his spiritual infrastructure is so well set up everywhere in the world that when the, the time comes for things to begin to erupt, he has set up he has his systems called the world system. It's an ecosystem of interrelated 
um, components of wickedness. We will explain that one, uh, one day family. But the world system is so well uh, structured. Why? Because he has always anticipated. He wants to take millions with him. He wants to take, he doesn't want to go down alone. Satan wants to take millions with him, millions in the world, but surprisingly, millions in the church. Millions in the church. If you would today look at the, 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 the caliber and the type of Christians we have in churches, you'll be surprised because the message that we preach determines the, the caliber of Christians that we produce in ministries. The message that is being taught to Christians determines the type of Christians that you have. If you go to an, any church, any church building, you pull out a Christian from randomly from the crowd and you begin to ask the basic questions, the basic fundamentals of Christianity, you'll be surprised of the answers because we have not been teaching the church the gospel that would enable them to look at life beyond their need yeah. and beyond their answered prayer. But look at life through the eyes of heaven. Look at life, pray from the presence of God, from the heart of the Father. Look at life through the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. So I want you to understand for me that the, that the world system has been ready. Now, a good number of Christians in churches today don't speak in other tongues. Mm -hmm. They don't have the Holy Spirit. A good number of Christians in church today, they, don't not, uh, uh, they don't have the Holy Spirit. Too many Christians are full of what I call worldly candy in their blood. So demons come from time to time to lick. It's full of sugar, worldly candy, worldly sugar in our blood. And it attracts devils. That's what the blood of Jesus washes away. That's what repentance uh, drains out of your system. As long as we have an appetite for the things of the world. As long as we, we have this hankering for the things of the world, this candy, this sugar that is in us, and the de demons can taste it uh, and smell it and sniff it afar off, and they want to come and, and lick it and, and become part of your life because there is something in me that they identify with. So, clearly, Bazalwane, we cannot rescue this generation without divine help. We need heaven. We need heaven. Otherwise, the agenda of God for our nation, South Africa in particular, their people, I follow mostly what, ha what happens in America. Uh, there are people there who pray for that nation, pa patriotic, apostolic and prophetic people, intercessors, uh, lots of them, low Engel, and there's lots of them. They are bent on ensuring that they pray for the nation, they pray for the president. They are bent on ensuring that the divine order of God for America is done, is fulfilled. Mm -hmm. The prayer that you and I pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. They say in America, that which you have in your heart for America, let it be done. So they are very involved. They are very involved. They do prayer work. They, they declare things in the atmosphere. Now, we cannot just stand and sit in South Africa 
and kind of congratulate and applaud what happens there. What, what about our nation? Who's praying for this nation? Who's going to rescue South Africa? Who's going to rescue people in Kwamashu, in Lamonville, in every township, Kualang, Cape Town, everywhere? Who is God counting on to send out into the nation of South Africa? A people who, who have enough weight to be able to carry the burden of sinners God is sending them to. Amen. So understand, family, that without us uh, learning together, you and I, I, I must learn with you because God is really speaking this to me, that I must begin to learn to smuggle and channel heaven into the earth realm, into the earth atmosphere daily. So as, as, I, as I begin to take this path with the Lord, I want you to join me. This message it's different because I am asking you to do something that the Lord has asked me to do also. So I'm asking you to join me in the journey of learning on a daily basis to channel heaven into our realm, into our earth realm, to, to smuggle heaven into our earth space. We must saturate our lives with heaven daily. We must saturate our lives with heaven daily. Now, that does not happen if I am preoccupied with the world. Now, we're going to talk about that also shortly, Basil. One, we need to understand as ministries even, we must transform, transform ourselves from being small rafter boats type ministries into being titanics. We must transform ourselves from being small boats with a small vision, they're just meant to carry about 50 people, 100 people in our township, but we must transform ourselves and increase capacity such that we have enough weight and mass that God in heaven sees that these people can carry 10,000 people. They have enough weight to reach out to 100,000 people because of the, of, of, of the amount of heaven and wood we would have smuggled in to give us such capacity. The anointing would have attracted based on what we do, not once a week on Sunday, but on every single day. So what I'm saying is, as ministries, we must transform ourselves from being the smaller rafter boats into being huge, gigantic, titanics, that can carry the weight of a generation. Carry the weight of a generation. Now, some uh, people have been building, but it's just little twigs. They're building with little twigs. The Lord is asking us to pull heaven. To pull heaven so that we can increase capacity. We need enough weight in the spirit family to carry the load of our generation. We need enough weight. We need to smuggle in enough of heaven every single day every single day those those bad dreams must begin to leave because when they come now they understand that we are surrounded with glory there must be something of glory uh, uh, about our lives henceforth uh, going forward we must be able to attract so much of heaven that wherever we are there is a the atmosphere begins to change we will tell you of uh, of men and women in the olden days, when they would um, come into a city, 
the atmosphere in the city would change. Yes. The, it, it, it would seem as if the principalities, uh, those things that are in charge of cities, they would recognize their presence and the entire atmosphere would transform just because they are there. We, 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 we are trusting God to move in that kind of anointing and, and, and glory. Not just the fivefold ministers. Every child of God needs to be able to pull in enough of heaven into their own lives in the name of Jesus. Now, let me make this um, next point, family. Now, how do we prepare for heaven to be channeled here? One of the downfalls of uh, many people who minister the word is to give us something to do, but they never tell us how to get it done. Then that's, that's very common in, in, in churches that you, we don't get to know how to get it done. You say we, we need to uh, smuggle heaven into the earth realm, but how do we get it done? Now, the Lord does not reveal something uh, if it's not backed up in the word and he does not have a, a basis for it in the Bible. So how do we smuggle the wood daily as we build up? Now, there are just three things uh, that attract heaven, Barcelona, in your, in your individual lives and in uh, our lives as ministries, but as, as an individual, as a couple, as a family, but most importantly, as an individual. There are three things. See, heaven comes to us, into the earth realm, through a portal or a three-sided door into the earth realm. Now, I want you to follow me now. I'm trying to be very slow. I'm saying to you, the presence of God in heaven comes to us through a portal or through a gate and through an opening. It's a three-sided door. Uh, it's called a portal or a gate. Now, it's got three frames. One is called repentance. The other one is called obedience. The other one is called um, uh, uh, holiness. Now, I want you to note that because in, in the spirit, things work differently. Heaven is pulled into our lives. When there is repentance, when there is obedience to the word of God, when there is holiness, that is what we talk about when we mention a three-sided frame or a three-sided portal through which heaven comes into any space in the earth. Remember, when we watch these movies, uh, IT, at, um, what do you call it, um, extra ET movies, extraterrestrial movies, when a, a world invades another realm, you would see a huge spaceship in the atmosphere. Now, in the things of the spirit, it's not how it works. In the things of God, it works differently. It does not come by, it doesn't come by invasion. It comes by invitation. Always understand that. Because we think that when we say thy kingdom come, we are going to see a huge glory and a huge city coming to land upon the earth. Now, that is going to happen in the millennium. In our age, the church age, that God has called us to call heaven to earth, it happens. God comes to us by invitation. In other words, God looks at the earth and he looks for a place to land. Now, the environment where he lands must be conducive for his holiness, 
for him being God to be able to land. So when God is about to land, when God is to land in any environment in the earth realm, he looks for this three-sided portal. He looks for repentance in that nation, in that person's life. Must be a repentant person. Number two, he looks for obedience. Remember I told you that worship is the highest form of of, 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 obedience. of obedience is the highest form of worship. It's the other way around. So, and he looks for holiness. Now, family, if we didn't know, I'm not going to dwell on these three because... We, as a ministry, we are very big on repentance. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that. I think in the next coming week or so, we'll be talking about the repentance uh, because it's, it's, it's important. But I wanted to know this about, about, about the repentance. Because we, if we are to smuggle heaven in, you don't just stand there and, and call upon heaven. Heaven is very, they are very particular about where they land. You see, the Bible says God is omnipresent. In other words, he's everywhere at the same time. But God does not land everywhere at the same time. He is everywhere at the same time, but he does not land everywhere at the same time. In other words, he does not form a, a partnership with just everybody. He lands where he is invited. He lands where there is a, an atmosphere of repentance. So, repentance attracts heaven. I want you to note that if you are a child of God and you only repented once in your life when you got born again, then there is a problem because the, 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 the portal through which heaven comes is three-sided. A Christian must be given to repentance, it must be given to obedience, it must be given to holiness. Now, in Acts 3, 19, I'm going to try and be very fast so that we make it um, at 10 o'clock, we, we, we are done. But just flow with me because we are smuggling. We, we are looking at smuggling heaven into the earth realm. Now, Acts 3, 19 uh, and 20, the Bible says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus, who was preached to you before. You see that the repentance pulls something out of heaven. Yes. Repentance pulls in, in this verse, it says, uh, times may come and that Jesus may be sent. So repentance releases something from the presence of the Lord. Oh. Always remember that. So if we are to pull heaven into the earth realm, we must be people who have a, re a tight revelation of what repentance entails. It's not just because it's, it's a trending word. On social media, we have a revelation. We know exactly what repentance does in the spirit realm. Now, in Second Chronicles 7, 14, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Now, the word repentance there, it's the word turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear, see, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. There is something that is moved in heaven when we repent. Mm -hmm. Repentance shakes heaven. It, 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 it calls uh, for heaven's uh, attention. When we repent, heaven is called to attention. Always remember that never ever underestimate the power of repentance as the body of Christ 
God is restoring the revelation of repentance, but it's important. So, if you want to smuggle heaven into your life, live a life of repentance. If you want to pull and channel heaven into your life, into my life, I must live a life of repentance. I must, on a daily basis, look for means and ways to repent. Because repentance shuts the mouth of the enemy. The Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren so that he, he begins to delegitimize you so that you don't have a voice to speak uh, concerning the issues in your life, in your family, in your nation. When uh, I, he sees sin in me unrepented of, he begins to send a charge sheet to the Lord. He, he, I, I am charged, so I, I have no authority to legislate. On behalf of heaven, repentance shuts the mouth of the enemy because the blood of Jesus washes me and makes me whole and it gives me authority to begin to speak the things of the kingdom. Now, let me move on from there. You cannot live without a life of repentance. Yeah. Number two, we said obedience. We have 15 minutes, family. Just, just, just track with me. Number two, he said, it's, a it's, it's, it's obedience. It's a repentance, obedience, and it's holiness. Then we're going to mention other few things, then we're going to close. Obedience brings the presence of the Lord. Obedience to the word brings, attracts the presence of the Lord. What I want you to know, anything that you do out of obedience to the word, Whatever is born because you have obeyed the word, that is heaven on earth. What is, whatever is produced because I have obeyed the word. So obedience, on, on the other side of obedience is God's offspring. Because that thing that you begin to do and begin to see happen would not have materialized in the absence of you obeying God. So whatever that we see, out of obedience, that is the fruit of heaven. That is the fruit of heaven. That is heaven lending. Because those things that we do because we obey, they cannot manifest in the earth realm in the absence of obedience. Mm -hmm. There are things in the heart of God. There are things in heaven which must manifest in the earth, but on the other side of your obedience and on, of my obedience. Until I obey God, there are things which shall not manifest or, be, or materialize in the earth realm. God wants to see those things uh, manifesting or being demonstrated. When those things are demonstrated, heaven lands on the other side of my obedience. I want you to note that. Heaven lands in the earth realm on the other side of my obedience. When I obey God, I am allowing God to land. When I obey God, I am allowing God to land in my... If God wants to be part of my marriage, if God wants to be part of my finances, if God wants to be part of anything that I do in my life, when, I when he gives me an instruction in his word concerning my marriage and I obey it, then I have given him a green light our obedience in any area is heaven's green light. It gives God permission to land family in Jesus' name. So he wants to land in that particular area, but in the area where he is obeyed, God lands. Only, 
only in the, in the area where he is obeyed, he lands. Only in that area where he is obeyed, he lands. So when we obey God, we are pulling heaven into the earth realm. Now, let's go to holiness. Uh, without holiness, no one will see God. The, the Bible says without holiness, no one will see the Lord. In, in Hebrews 12, 14, the Bible says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. You won't see the Lord moving in your life. In this life, you won't see the Lord in the afterlife. Let's talk about this life. Without holiness, no one will see the manifestation of God's presence in their lives. Without holiness, no one will see anything of heaven in their life. A nation that does not walk, the, 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 the people are wicked. They will not see heaven materializing. They won't see the hand of God manifesting in that nation. So holiness brings the presence of the Lord and we are able to see the hand of God move in our lives. Our spiritual credentials, family, in the spirit, um, yeah, spiritual credentials. Our spiritual credentials are not uh, church attendance. You must understand that. Our spiritual credentials are not uh, my, you know, the beautiful voice and things that we associate with being spiritual. In the spirit, your spiritual credentials revolve around holiness. Holiness. The, you must understand that principalities and powers are not foolish. They don't just honor and move. Just because I scream on a microphone with loudspeakers and I say, I decree and I declare, don't think that they're going to listen to that. They want to see if you are circumcised in the spirit. Do you know that it's possible for me to be circumcised in the flesh, but not circumcised in the spirit? They want to see if I am clothed. I'm, I'm wearing the robe of righteousness and holiness because they refuse to be moved. They, re, they, they, they refuse to shift because they are proud beings. They look, they scan you. It doesn't matter how loud you shout. It doesn't matter how, how, how charismatic I am. They will not shift. They will not. This is why cities are the way they are. Inspired our six to sixes, how many churches would be in one location, in one township, for instance? Why? Because the presence of the church family in a, in a city, in a township, there must be measurable results in terms of statistics. The crime must drop. Now, I'm talking to you about kingdom. Yes. When there is a powerful church that has been smuggling in enough wood over the years and they have and they've enough weight and capacity... When they speak in a, in a township, they, 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 their weight is such that it begins to outdo the weight of wickedness in that township. The, 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 the crime rates, statistics begin to drop because the presence of the Lord is upon that. The prince, principality on the township begins to move and it, it makes way for the angel of God of the township. 
to begin to reign and to dispense the agenda of God for Ukwamashu, for Lamonville, for Chesterville, for Dabeka, and all these places. A strong church is called upon to begin to pull in heaven on a daily basis. We are, we, we are almost there, family. So heaven is channeled to us through that frame. Yeah. Obedience, holiness, and repentance on a daily basis. So, I want you to understand now how we cultivate the presence on a daily basis, which I, I need to practice, my children need to practice, my wife need to do it, Auntie Lynn needs to do it. All of us need to begin to cultivate the presence of the Lord wherever we are every single day. Now, the, the quickest way of smuggling heaven after having set up that frame, the frame is in place. Now, speaking in other tongues, Bazalwan, I don't know how many of you speak in other tongues. Now, I want to announce to you today that that is going to be one of the most important things in the, in, in, in the last days. All the gifts of the Spirit shall be restored in their might, uh, every nine of them. They will, but the gift of speaking in other tongues is going to be very important family because... Uh, when we speak in other tongues, we pray mysteries. Uh, the, that's how you smuggle heaven because whatever you are saying, the Bible says your mind is unproductive, but your spirit is, is full of life, knows exactly what's happening there. So I, 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 I am trusting God that you begin to experience the gift of speaking in other tongues. Uh, not, not just once in a while, often during the day, be in the habit of spend time, spend an hour even. Uh, I, I am trusting God. I, I used to do that and it's been coming back and it's coming back. Now I'm, I'm practicing it again. Spending at least one hour praying in other tongues. Can you take up the challenge, family? Spend an hour a day praying in other tongues. If you don't pray in tongues, then ask the Lord and he will give it to you. We must begin to cultivate the presence of God. You go in that room and go, Lord, remendorius. You begin to speak. For the first 30 minutes, it would seem as if nothing is happening. Sometimes 45 minutes, it seems like you just, I don't know what you're, you're of course, I don't know what I'm saying, but you can sense a wave in your spirit bubbling up. You are praying. After an hour or so, you get to a place where you break through this wall. You can, from that point onwards, pray for the next five hours. The Lord wants the church to hunger and to ask. I want all of you to ask. If you don't speak in tongues, ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to baptize you with the gift of speaking in other tongues. If you are speaking in other tongues... I want you to be in the habit of, of, of praying longer than normal in tongues. To start your prayer with praying in other tongues. Start your prayer with praying in other tongues. Sing even in other tongues. You know, sing in other tongues. It's called the song of the Lord. Now, we, that's how we cultivate the presence on our own, in our private spaces. Let us learn to cultivate the presence of the Lord. Let me just maybe bring this to you, family. Just give me 10 more minutes, if you will, uh, just to wrap this all up nicely. 
So if this is going to be the life you choose, Barcelona, to, to, to invite heaven, I want to warn you quite early because it, it's very costly. It's very costly. It is the will of God for the church to walk in this, but not every person will get to experience it. Many are called, few are chosen. Now, if you're lifting up your hand and you're saying, I want to be part of the chosen. Now, there are sacrifices that you will have to make as a child of God. Remember, the enemy will, will, will refuse with the people. So those who are going to step out and claim what now Satan considers to be his inheritance, those who are going to go and claim them back from him, you must be seriously different from the rest of the crew. There must be something particular about you. The hand of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, you must have accumulated and, and smuggled in enough of, of, of heaven in you to be able to withstand that which he, he would want to throw at you. So, family, be willing to be different. Be willing to be different. It's going to call upon you to be different. Now, if you are one of those people who always want to fit in, in, in everything and you, you feel there's something wrong with you, if you don't blend in with the rest, it's going to be a problem because when the presence of the Lord comes into your life, when heaven begins to infiltrate your life and God begins to saturate your life, you are bound to change. Yes. You are bound to change. So I want you at this point to be comfortable with the idea of being different. The presence of the Lord will demand that you are different. So as we begin to invite him, have that expectation he's going to change me. Yes, he will. And be ready to be changed. Be willing to transform into that which he wants you to be. Number two, as we invite heaven, as we smuggle in more of heaven into our lives, it will affect your relationships. Your relationships will be affected. Family, true salvation and true spiritual growth uh, redefines relationships. It's not possible that you, you may have more of God, more of heaven in your life. There will be a saturation of God's presence in your life and your relationships will remain the same. So, when this begins to happen, there will come a time when you ask yourself, what is the basis of this relationship? The relationships that you have, you will begin, the Holy Spirit in you will begin to ask you, what, what connects you with this particular person? What is the basis of this relationship? What, how did it come about? What is the strategic goal of the relationship? Such are the, the costs of walking with the Lord and of, of hungering after the presence of the Almighty God. Your relationships will be affected. So if you want to cling to all the relationships that have been planted, some of them by the enemy, to, to pull you down, you're going to have a big problem. So, but a person who is called uh, and then chosen after being called, will automatically flow with the agenda of the Father. He will 
or she will consider every other thing as immaterial as we pursue the heart of the Father. Next point, family, we will have to learn to allow the voice of the Holy Spirit to design a new world for us. Because as the Spirit of God begins to speak on a daily basis, there are, as, 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 as fresh revelation comes, that will demand of me to abandon all the loyalties, all the prejudices, and belief systems. So I must be ready to be challenged and to allow the Spirit of God, the voice of the Spirit. If I was, if I was, um, if I was a racist, for instance, it's something uh, concerning Indian people or concerning white people because of the voice from our political parties that's being, you know, that's just, just receiving all this, all this information. Now, my mind is tuned in a particular, as much as I am a believer, but my mind is tuned in a particular way because of the country in which I was born. As I invite more of heaven, as, as the voice of the Lord begins to come to me, I must be willing to allow the voice of the Holy Spirit to redesign my world. In other words, I'm going to look at the world differently. I'm going to look at people differently. I'm going to question some of my own belief systems that I used to cherish as the Lord reveals the heart of the Father, as the Lord reveals the heart of God to me. There are things which I held on dearly because my forefathers brought them to me. Now I will have to begin to reconsider some of my positions, ideologically and otherwise, and flow with the Holy Spirit. Those are the costs. I'm telling you in advance because those who are called to rescue this generation will have to have more weight and more capacity than they do. So I'm about to close, family. Give me five minutes. Be ready, finally. Be ready for God to ask you to experience the world different. Let me repeat that. Be ready for God to ask you to experience the world differently. See, Noah spent most of his life building the ark. That, that's how he experienced the world. Now, more of God will cost you. More of God in me will cost me. So it's not just about going to church. There is so much. There's a prize attached to it because the enemy, remember I told you man, some weeks ago, months ago, his role in heaven before he fell he was a, a quality assurance, assurance uh, manager, so to speak. I'm, I'm just failing to, to phrase it properly. But he was given a, a mandate to, to check if something was, uh, was perfect. He, that was his mandate. So he will not have a church challenging him in the world that is wanting. Satan knows perfection. Satan understands. You know the SABS stamp that we put on, 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 on stuff, on goods, yeah. to say that they are ready to be sent into the market. He was that stamp. He was the seal of perfection. When something was said to be perfect, Lucifer put an emblem on it. Now we have a church in the earth that is meant to challenge the same one. Now he knows when we are wanting 
He knows when this. This is why repentance, obedience, and holiness are key for us to be able to begin even to think of pulling heaven into our realm. So God is calling the church to begin to build more than just a boat of rafters, but a, a titanic, because there is a generation dying. Uh, family, allow me as I close. The Bible says, and as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. We will not rescue this generation if they are still heavier than what we are building in the spirit daily. So I'm inviting you, Kingdom Embassy House, and all our friends, smuggle in heaven each and, each and, each and every single day, 24-7. Let's learn to smuggle in heaven. Let's learn to pull heaven. Gain some weight in the spirit. Let's gain some weight in the spirit to carry not just ourselves, but the generation that God has called us into. I pray the presence of the Lord shall begin to be your portion, that you will begin to hunger and thirst for things greater than yourself, and you will understand that you and I were born for such a time as this, to arise in the nation and begin to co-labor and to build with God, Something that's bigger than what we thought we were involved in. Something as big as God's vision itself. Now, Father, we thank you today in Jesus' name for these people. We thank you for the privilege of knowing these things. We thank you for the privilege of having a relationship with you where we can begin to hear the voice of the Lord and understand that which is in your heart. Now I pray for all of our family, those who connected with us via Zoom, those who couldn't, those who joined us via Facebook. I pray, Father, for an appetite yes. in our hearts, a newfound zeal to begin to engage with heaven on a daily basis. Father, I thank you that you baptize your people with the gift of the Holy Spirit yes, and with the gift of speaking in other tongues. Because we cannot fulfill your mandate on earth without heaven. We need the heavy weight of the presence of God in our lives henceforth. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. amen. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Say amen. amen. Bless you, family. God bless you in Jesus' name.